Plot, Eyes in the Night, 1942 Written by Ron Kerrigan, blind detective Duncan MacLean is visited by old friend Norma Laurie, looking for help in getting rid of one of her old beaus, who is courting Norma's 17-year-old stepdaughter. When the old beau is found murdered, Norma is the chief suspect until Duncan, aided by his guide dog Friday pays a visit to her home and uncovers a plot to steal her husband's military secrets for the enemy. Voice over off. When you're blind and watching movies, what will you find? A blind superhero whose superpowers are acting like he's not blind. A sighted actor overdramatically touching people's faces. Or maybe the whole joke is that they're bumping into different places. A spectacular, macular generation. Welcome to Citizen White Cane, the podcast that acts as your film and TV guide dog, locating blind characters and leading you straight to them. My name is Sky McLeod. I'm Melissa Bakta. And we are talking about Eyes in the Night. Yes. Oh, yeah. This is your week to pick. And yes. boy, oh boy, what, what a pick this was. What an interesting movie. It's from <laughs> 1942. So it is. We've just... It's made in the United States. You've just entered World War Two um, within smack, the last year. Smack dab in the middle of the noir and gangster films. Yes. Yes. Um, I oh, this movie. It was kind of like it was genetically grown in a lab to make me happy. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I I. That, well, that's great. I, I like was kind of I was not sure exactly how to talk about this movie because it is just like a lot of characters. Mm-hmm, <laughs> There's a lot mm-hmm. of plot, and it's funny because the villains are Nazis, technically. Right, Nazi spies, but yes, technically but, Nazis. Like, you would not necessarily know other than they have like a couple no. generically German names. <laughs> yeah, I don't think the word Nazi is ever said Definitely in the film not. itself. But you you read all the reviews and the plot summaries, and it's like they foil a Nazi spy ring, and y- yes, technically they do. But uh, you wouldn't know that from yeah, watching yeah. the movie. They like if maybe have a light accent, the Nazi characters occasionally. O- but occasionally, it's, they're yeah. not. It's very much. It's yeah. You would have to know. I at one point we have our the one of our main or I guess not. He's not actually in that much of the movie, but kind of a big plot. The MacGuffin. He creates the MacGuffin of the movie of trying right. to um, like says something about how they are developing something that will help win the war. I think like something. it's very very vague yeah. also the way he says the it's like the war you know Which- i love the fact that this MacGuffin really isn't we know it's a formula and that's all we know and that's all we need to know i yeah. really don't care honestly it's, <laughs> yeah the it, movie doesn't want you to care yeah i mean it is the definition of a MacGuffin. this is this is a thing that is here to that everyone goes after to move the plot along right it's an american i guess government secrets so i was just like it's obviously the nuclear bomb like come on guys but oh, then sure it's not. yeah <laughs> but i was just i think my my brain was in a weird place of ma- like 
because it is such a weird time of the movie being made not in like just right at the beginning of our involvement in the war it was just you know a weird time I think to be making this story so it distracted me I think in some ways I don't think it's really weird at all I mean if you think about the media that came out around World War One World War Two this is very nationalistic jingoistic stuff I mean even if you look at it through you know comic books Captain America uh, Superman Wonder Woman every everybody was doing their part to fight the war effort basically right and so this plot MacGuffin it really when you think about when it, when this was made it, it really doesn't surprise me no it doesn't surprise me at all it's just weird that it's like we now have just so much more information about what was going on at the time like I think that's what's weird to me it's also like and also that there was just like that you just they don't say the word Nazi at all is weird mm-hmm. to me as well because I was like we knew we were fighting the Nazis back then <laughs> like, right, they just don't right. even mention their name it's weird I think yeah and I guess my pushback on that would be there was so much other media that was overt. That's true. And saying it. So I just I guess I was like, that would be fun to right. watch. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, yeah. So I think that this film doesn't necessarily say it or, gi- or give off any of those uh, clues. You don't need to. Yeah. You're right. Uh, someone in, in 1942 watching this is going to put the pieces together. Right. Well, and even we could do that mm-hmm. in 2021. So, you know, <laughs> yes. that's, yeah, it's just, um, I just thought it was kind of funny. I was expecting it to be a little bit more on the nose, I think, also. It was just like, but that's because, I think, okay, so that would be if it was genetically engineered to be something I loved, would be if it was, like, overly propagandistic, <laughs> what, I don't know, <laughs> but the right way of saying that would be but if it was like really not anti-nazi propaganda stuff i'd be like that would i would enjoy that a lot Mm -hmm. um but but no it's just kind of it's it is about a blind man as why we're doing the podcast yes yes uh mclean or mac as as everyone calls him yeah uh played by edward arnold and apparently this is not his uh first go around as a detective uh, oh, and it wasn't his last go around as playing Mac, the blind detective, as okay, part of this universe. That's what I what I was going to ask you because I need more Mac in my life. Well, oh my god! N- why don't now since I picked this movie, anytime you can pick the sequel I'm, to watch. I'm so pumped. I want more. I want. I want a sequel. I want a series. I want T-shirts. Let's go. Let's make this happen. I want plush Fridays. <laughs> this is this your Max biggest. It was fan. so good. I am. I am Max biggest fan. It was. Oh my god. It was so good. It's preposterous, but it was so good. <laughs> I would love to. Well, you you you're bringing the the excitement. So I would love you to talk more about Mac. Um, oh my god. Okay. So um, I mean, obviously, you know, comes with the whole. You know, Mac is a Mac is a white guy in the '40s, so you know he has all the privilege and <laughs> yeah. can and can throw his weight around and everything. Even though uh, he is, you know, blind, and characters are are mentioning it not necessarily constantly, but there there definitely are a couple of remarks. You know, oh my god, he's blind. Don't worry about him. Oh, he's blind. You know, what could he possibly do? Right. And I love the fact that he is just smart and clever and uses his uses what he has and he uses it to an absolute advantage to foil these people and it's not just 
oh, he's blind so he can do stuff in the dark or whatever. That happens, obviously. Like the cliches. Classic. All, classic. Yeah. All those cliches are here. But he I just. He doesn't drive, I don't think. so. That's... No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't drive. I just didn't care because they used them so well. And they came up with new things. His whole uh, his whole act as Norma's uncle to get to infiltrate the house right. and play this horrible, raucous, you know, drunk, gross, drunk uncle character. Yeah, that is so cool. And and I'm not saying a sighted person couldn't do that because obviously, you know, and anyone can put on an act or whatever. But it's it was so cool and so resourceful. Yeah, he really like plays up the um and and. Not only does he play it up, he plays it up so that people will leave him alone, right? And because no or one or not be on to him, right? Yeah, right. Because no one, when who he's a blind drunk guy, no <laughs> one is going to suspect him. And yet here he is working behind the scenes and uh, putting together this case and and solving this case. And you know, and he's aided by his extremely talented, if preposterous, guide dog Friday. <laughs> yeah, Friday is probably the most preposterous aspect. Of, and you know what? Because I mean, he is a super crip, definitely. Oh, definitely. But you know what? I'm okay with that. <laughs> I don't care. I really it's don't care. so funny. It is like the, the guide dog. That is like the specific, like, I think Friday is our most super. Like, I, I feel like we so need a too. term for not like you have the super crib, but you have the super guy dog. <laughs> and like, I think Friday is like even more than Mr. Magoo. I feel like yes. he's just like the amount of things that Friday is getting like do like their their teamwork is just it oh, is it's preposterous. So great. It's preposterous, but it's so much fun to it watch. Is fun. It is so cool. I mean, there's moments where uh, Mac will get trapped in a room. Uh, and someone is entering the room in in um, in Paul's apartment. He, he gets trapped in, in in a bedroom, and Gabriel comes in, and so he has like Friday hide under the bed, and then he hides uh, in in a closet or in a dark corner of the room or something. Yeah. Um. To to try and get out of the way, but yeah, they're they're totally they're totally a team. He uh, sticks mess. He sends Friday out with messages. He sends Friday to go get help. Yeah. Basically, to get his uh, his assistant Marty, who you know, to bring the police. Yeah, it is. It is a like. <laughs> That's a whole sequence. There's a whole. There's a lot of. I'm, I mean, he gets as a character gets so much to do. I was also like, wow, this is kind of like a lot of work to get this. Like how much he, how much um, Friday does is I'm like mm-hmm. just on the the end of filming it. It would be like, oh, seems like it would have been a hard shoot because he's doing so much of this movie he's running around he's doing all this but um and he opens doors constantly yeah he opens doors he climbs through windows he figures out how to escape from places oh. he um he he is an attack dog which guide dogs never, never are do. Well, never that's do the thing is a lot of the things i'm like this is not what a guide dog's supposed to do which is no. like that's a classic thing that we've run up against many times where it's like <laughs> this is Come on, it's not a guy dog right, right here. But right. like, but this is yeah. You can't. It's funny because I think with the blindness, you're more trying to be like, okay, maybe yeah, he can do all this stuff. But with Friday, I'm like, that is just completely not a guy dog training. But it's it's just so cool because they could have because he's got Marty, you know, his quote unquote eyes. Like they could have just given him Marty and relied on Marty, but they didn't. Marty only comes in a couple of times during the entire movie, and it 
but it's just Mac and Friday for most of it. Right. Having well, to get like out of these situations. You underestimate a blind man and his dog in a way that you wouldn't if a blind man had enough seeing a dog. Even mm-hmm. though Marty is a lot dumber than the two of them. <laughs> yeah. Poor old Marty. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's just so much more fun and interesting just to follow Mac and Friday around rather than Mac and Marty. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah. And it works way better with the conceit. I mean, this is in a weird way. It's like so freaking complicated. This plot is like, I mean, if you're, you've not seen this movie, you're hearing us talk about it. We're saying a lot of random names without a lot of context. If we were to give context, that would be pretty much this entire podcast. I so think... I don't know how much we should really give. Well, okay. But here's the thing. Like you say the plot is complicated and I, I agree. I, be- I understand. I believe yeah. you. But as someone and I I am not a noir expert but I enjoy the genre very much yeah. and I enjoy mysteries and private eye stuff like you know I my job is at a murder yeah, mystery true. place yeah. so like this I did not find it that confusing I really didn't uh, I didn't I wasn't angry that I didn't know all of the characters names because I can I know all of the good guys names the main bad guys and then the thugs so just separating right. everyone out into those categories but I mean, it starts off kind of like your standard detective movie. You've hard-boiled gumshoe private eye, and then you have a pretty lady. So, so that part I got. I was like, like yes, I clicked it, and then I was like, oh, right, wow, this right. Is so, like, more and more complicated. Norma walks in the room, and I'm just like, oh, I'm home. Like, this is, <laughs> I know exactly where where I am. I I honestly didn't find find the plot super complicated in in the beginning with the whole stuff with Paul. Uh, and and Norma and Barbara, I was a little okay. What what's happening here? But as well, it slowly went on, I just was never confused. Yeah, just like but explaining the whole like I know what happened, but mm. to talk about it, we have to like give the plot, <laughs> and that's the problem. Is like I think it would take just as long to explain the plot as the movie is like because it's like I mean you know they're is you the part that you just explained is the first five minutes of the movie. <laughs> then, true. Yeah, true, true. And then there's another hour and a half of the movie where things are happening every moment. I mean, you just have a bunch of characters, and I have to admit, some of the, the characters were too many white people that none of which oh, looked yeah. all that different from no, each other to me. You, like, right. So I was just, like, very confused by who was, like... and. There are so many people on all the different sides where I actually, mm-hmm. there were many times where I was like, wait a second, are these all the villains? Is this one the villain? Like, it was just there was too many characters and they did not look different enough that I actually was unable to to track that. I totally get that. No, it's it's a bunch of white people. Yeah. That, and that all sound a little bit similar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all that mid-Atlantic, right? And, and know, maybe, 40s. maybe it's because I'm just so I've seen more and I'm used to that style of talking. So for the first couple of minutes, I was a little like, eh, and then I really fell back into it, and I just understand and can understand that speech pattern. So everybody sounds different to me, right? Which is that's yeah. good. Yeah, I think my not as much experience that could have been what was messing me up as I was. Everyone was like, "Oh, Mid Atlantic forties yes, movie yes, actor talking," absolutely. and that was like literally everyone for me. So I was just like, "I can't." I, that's why I wanted the German. Like, I wanted them to have an accent or something so I could like <laughs> sort of like because that would have helped sure. me know who was the bad guys. Mm-hmm. But no, they don't really have. I mean, because they're supposed to be hiding in plain sight, so that's why right. it, it wouldn't really I, make sense. Oh, but. I love that 
that about these bad guys, though. Like, yeah, their plan is stupid, <laughs> you know, and is and is silly. But I love the fact that they are they're right there and they're hiding in plain sight. And you you find out that basically the theater company that Barbara is working for <laughs> are essentially the the bad guys. And this playwright goes from you know stage manager, playwright, director, whatever her role was. And then all of a sudden she's the, this leader, the leader of this Nazi spy ring. It's great. It is very funny. It's it is great. so weird that she is the, <laughs> she's such a weird character. I never I, yeah. understood her character that And I, well. I wouldn't say that this movie has any of the like, later noir femme fatales which is kind say, of disappointing kind of like veered into femme fatale and then just kind of veered out of it not other enough than Norma. yeah not enough like femme like okay this is an obvious choice but femme fatale i'm talking like barbara sandwich sex pot femme fatale no i was waiting for that because like barbara <laughs> the stepdaughter like at the beginning she's like weirdly aggressive about like how she's dating an abusive guy and she but then it's like like obviously written by a man who's never been in an abusive relationship because you're like what the fuck how are people acting this this makes no logical well, sense if people are acting it's, and she's barbara here is played by a very young donna reed yay yeah. donna reed is amazing uh but her her performance is she's this reckless youth the re- the recklessness of youth that's how her performance was described in some of the reviews that i read her, right <laughs> i'm just like yeah you bet because she's I don't I don't understand Barbara's character. Not not gonna lie. I, I She does not behave how a human woman would. <laughs> no, no. I'm just uh, Which so I was like it would be fun if she was kind of a femme fatality and I was hoping sure. for that, but then she just kinda Well right, because then, then all, all of a sudden, you know, Paul dies and we're, we're all trapped in the house and the, the Nazi spies have been revealed or whatever, and she kind of just is very submissive. And yeah, just she just becomes fades, super submissive. Right, after it just being fades like into the background. So like uh, unreasonably aggressive about her. Yeah, and then she was like, "Oh, whatever." I'm, you know, right, it's... right. And I'm like, well, "Okay, what happened to everything else <laughs> exactly. that we just set up?" You know, I'm not saying she would go in there guns blazing and you know tackle spies or whatever, but I think she'd be a little bit more her vocal about what's happening. Changes to her. like yeah, she does feel like a different character once she's like once her whole thing about like because she is dating Norma's um, ex, ex, which Mm -hmm. is also, like, very problematic. This is the 40s. It's just super, (laughs) it's super weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But we, we, we see Paul in one scene with, with Norma, and uh, Paul gives a, a very, you know, incredible performance of love and everything, and Norma isn't, and I love it, Norma's just not buying it. She's just like, Oh, that was so delightful. You're a ham and just walks <laughs> away. Like, oh, yes. It is really funny. It was, it, it's a great scene. I, I quite enjoyed that. And uh, Paul goes home to his apartment where Norma goes to confront him and she finds Paul dead. And she also meets up, ends up meeting up with Barbara at the apartment because this was after they had fought about Barbara going out with, uh, right. with Paul. Yeah. This is, it's... Yeah, there's a lot of there. <laughs> I'm struggling because I'm used to like, okay, this is the like main plot points, but yeah, it's you can't really do that because that we've done the first ten minutes of the movie now, mm-hmm. and we've we but we've skipped over all of Max parts. <laughs> the first 10 sorry minutes. okay well no 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 it's true i mean, go back yeah yeah no 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 i'm not saying that's a bad thing i'm just like i don't know how to talk about the plot because it is yeah it is so much uh just so much back and forth of things but well the the bulk of the movie takes place at their house at uh the, at laurie's house 
Right. Ooh, for a second, I, I forgot their last name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because this is the new husband of... Right, the, sci- the scientist. Be hus- well, her last name's Lori, so I guess yeah, he's the current husband. Yeah, cause, yeah, because she's Barbara's stepmom, so... And they are in a very beautiful, nice, wonderful, loving relationship. It's so funny <laughs> when he goes on a plane and they were going to go together and she's like, well, but I should stay just in case we get into a plane crash and we both die. And then who's going to take care of Barbara? And he's like, wow, you're so smart. I was like, what if we still did that today? I'd be like, you, you're, we're going to fly separately uh, just in case. I'm just not going to go. Our, I'm, I've had a thought about it and I'm just not going. <laughs> just in case the plane goes down. Just such a funny, like, I mean, I guess, like, really it makes more sense at this point to do that in cars. Like, what if everyone is just like, mm-hmm. Gonna take a separate car just in case we get into it. We die in a car crash, and then who's gonna take care of our child? Well, they weren't. They weren't going to fly separately. She stayed home expressly to look after Barbara. Well, no, she her reason for staying home was just in. She was like, "I'll come and meet you, and I'll stay home just because if I." If we fly together, the plane could crash, and then who would take care of Barbara? That's that is her actual line, okay, which okay. I just thought was so funny, which is why I remembered <laughs> it. Um, but it's just a ploy to kind of deal with Barbara's relationship with her ex. But yeah, I mean, yeah, there's there's that's that's kind of that's some of the setup. But then we have our you know Mac is um, what what Mac, can we say about him? He's got a lot of stuff. He does yeah, a lot of yeah, stuff. Mac is tailing uh paul because norma had asked him to and so mac and marty and friday end up at paul's apartment um oh yeah they end up at paul's apartment because bar uh norma had reported paul dead to them and not the police so they go to investigate and the body's gone right Uh oh uh what this is kind of cool because you're i'm thinking okay well how you know mac obviously mac can't see so how is Mac going to investigate and look for clues and do all the stuff that a, a you know 1940s noir detective needs to do and Marty uh is is there with him at this point and it's just really cool to see them work as a unit because Marty is describing you know the room and what's yeah. there and uh the way and the way things look and appear to be and Mac is the one who is thinking thinking and who ends up getting on the floor and finding that the rug has been taken away because of the, the way the dust was laying. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not saying a sighted person couldn't find that either, but that's cool. It's little things like that, that, that a person who's only using their hands or their other senses might notice. Well, it's kind of cool because I was also thinking about how, like, even if you're two sighted people, being able to name all the things in the room would help you to, like, draw attention to different things mm-hmm. that you might not have just by actually using your eyesight. So it kind of creates a cool dynamic of, like, you're getting to both, like, list off what's there and then that can kind of turn into ideas of what might be important to look at um so I think that I mean I did really like that part of it the kind of the investigating part though really that's something that kind of like is to you know at the beginning to set it up but then most Mm -hmm. of what Mac is doing during it is more kind of like reacting to the current situation and making people trying to get them to a place of safety or get them to like to mitigate what's going on like it's like it's not as much of the detective stuff after that part I feel like it's not pure sleuthing it isn't it isn't finding a clue that leads you to another clue that 
and then you right. find right. then you figure out what's going on it's way right. more if it is just like it's a little bit more kind of almost superhero crypt or super crypt kind of like yeah trying yeah. to avoid danger well yeah and because he in in the apartment after marty leaves and when mac and friday are looking through paul's bedroom gabriel comes in and he's the one who he's also part of the plot and he phones vera his wife uh, who is such a sexist character? Uh, yeah, I know. I know. Poor, poor Vera. I feel I poor one out for Vera, folks. I feel really sad for Vera. But she's a hysterical she's, woman that yes, again is not a human woman that, that gets slapped and thrown around and then dies in the end. Yeah. Uh, but he um, Gabriel phones Vera because they're married, and then Mac finds out that Vera and uh, Hanson. I'm gonna say Hanson. I don't. Is it Henderson or Hanson? The, I think uh, it's Hanson. It's, I think it's Hanson, yeah. Vera and Hanson had, and Gabriel had just newly been hired by uh, Barbara to work as servants in uh, in their house. So that's how that that's how all of that's connected. So that leads Mac over to uh, Barbara's house. Right. And then he has to take on the, this guise of <laughs> of Uncle Mac, of the drunken uncle. Yeah. To tr- just... Not only to feed norma information but to find out uh more to find out about the spy plot itself basically right though does yeah because he mostly give well because even gives vera information he does this whole thing where he's like has this false pretense of needing something a button sewed in and uses that Mm -hmm. to like write her notes which i was like wow this is pretty good handwriting someone can't see what he's writing right he must have not recently gone blind but he must have had sight enough to know letters yeah i mean yeah because he he's a braille reader so he oh, doesn't yeah. like have like we don't he, and he doesn't seem to have a single bit of vision so i think he might have light sensitivity because he can tell in scenes with norma when they were in the house and she'd turn on a light he tells her to turn the light off so i th- maybe i yeah, think you're he right. has I guess he must some, have light, some sensitivity. light sensitivity but yeah. i i thought he but it could also be like, oh, he's just joking around because he's like, it's the point is like, he's like, turn off the light. I want to do some reading. And she's like, what? And he's like, do you know what Braille is? Right. And she's I, read, like, wow. I read with my fingers. Yeah. Which is <laughs> very ridiculous. Yeah. But I mean, and then again, he could have just heard the click of a light switch and, and been like, or turn, just assumed turn that she was off. in the room that he was, mm-hmm. um, that the light was on before, like, just kind of like context clues. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, he, Given the fact that he was able to write, and he like almost wrote in pretty good lines, I was like, "This mm-hmm. is, is kind of weird." But um, <laughs> the, that's not like the preferred blind person form of communication no. is writing. Even though like it's easier than us trying to read what someone's writing, it's mm-hmm. still not easy for us to just be like, "Oh, nice writing," and that he just like does it from such a far distance so she can read while he's like having a fight with her. But um, right, a uh, uh, fight in air quote quotes, unquote, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which I would just be like if I was doing that, if I was yelling. At someone while writing, I would just like accidentally write some of the words I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> That's how my brain works. Um, but, but yeah, so he, but a lot of what he's doing in that whole, like, you know, this is like what, 25 minutes into the or 30 minutes maybe into yeah, the movie that we yeah. have, like, that they're just basically in that house for the rest of it. And, and he is mostly, you know, trying to like. Yeah, I guess he does a little bit of sleuthing still. Like he d- he like walks the um, the perimeter of the place mm-hmm. and is like trying to listen in for like they're talking. I right, believe. he goes searching in the greenhouse. 
Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's how he actually that's when Vera dies because he and Friday are in the greenhouse and the men have come out with Vera and she's being hysterical and hysterical. basically bludgeon her to death, essentially. Uh, I thought she just got knocked out. But then one of the other thugs looks over and goes, oh, she's dead. <laughs> so they well, put her in the car and drive all away. Yeah. Well, you don't even see what happens. Just like no, a bang. Right. She Not just, just says, blind, but right. Yeah. She's like, my so, husband. And I then, thought maybe it was yeah. like. I was like, did she get shot, like, or something? It's weird. But, yeah, so she, so that's how Mac knows that she was killed by them. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, he's he's just kind of trying to um, get information, but also kind of right. fighting them and keep, oh, trying to keep well, them Oh, well, and then the bit, and then the bit where um, he uh, gets caught by Hanson and he's still trying to feed information to Norma and he makes the excuse about, you know, oh, I'm a night owl, da da da. Oh, yeah. And then Hanson brings up the brandy and um, he's like, oh, yes, yeah, brandy, let's have some brandy. And uh, Hanson brings it to his room. And obviously, my thought is, oh, God, he's poisoned it. He's poisoned the brandy. Don't, don't drink it. Don't drink <laughs> right. the brandy. You know, and of course, Mac is smart enough to know that. But uh, he, Max sniffs it and proclaims, you know, the year of the brandy and how good how good it is and da 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 da, and then gets Hanson to leave him alone. And then we find out that there was uh, a sleeping draft that had been placed in the brandy, and Mac knew about it because when he took a whiff of the brandy, there was enough of it in there to knock out three elephants. Yeah, which can blind people tell that? I guess so. I I don't know. I mean, granted, I've never been drugged. <laughs> Right, you would so have to I have don't a, know. I mean, I guess if you're like a private eye guy that you, I don't know, that's Maybe. probably something you might seek out figuring out how to Maybe. smell it. I but. mean, they, I've been told that drugs and things, GHB in particular, aka the date rape drug, but in, that drug in particular, it tastes very salty. Mm. And so it, that's, again, that's what I've been told. I don't know. I'm not an expert on in this field. I don't think... Um, anyone, I'm not sure if anyone could smell something like that that had right. been put in or, And especially to know exactly how many elephants had been killed, <laughs> would be killed by it. Right. Um. Knock out three <laughs> elephants. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. just, I just thought it was another fun little, you know, oh my God, look at him. He's pulling the wool over the stupid butler's eyes. Ugh. It's so silly. It's it so ridiculous. Silly. But I just was so in it. I was so, I was having so much fun. It is. <laughs> my absolute favorite one was the Braille cards. I love that one yes. so much. Cause oh my like, gosh. Yeah. He's like, suppose, this thug is watching, is, is you know, been tasked to watch him, make sure he doesn't do anything dumb. And so he's like, hmm, is it okay if I play solitaire? And he's like, and then he goes on this like thing of explaining, like, he's like, you can't, don't play poker with the blind person because we have Braille on our poker cards. So we'll deal out you, we'll deal you a deck of, or a, um, we'll deal you cards and we'll, we'll know which cards you have because I can like feel them each time I, I put a card down, which... You know, sure, that's kind of funny. Um, and then, so, and then he's like, "Here, I'll demonstrate." And he does a, like a handful of cards, this long scene, and then he's like, "Here, let me show you a trick." And he's like, he, "It's like you just make three, um, you deal out three cards." And then he's like, "Okay, now put your hands on it," and he just smacks him in the face. Yes! Oh my god! Every single so step to that scene, to that trick 
was just just chef's kiss. I mean, oh my god, that was my Great. favorite because it's just like one of those things. Where you're like, what is he gonna do with these cards? Right. You're like, you're like, what? I guess he could just get him close enough to punch him, but then you're like, that can't be it, and then it isn't. You're like, that's so funny. It's just so funny. As soon as I figured it out when he had him put his hands on the table, I was like. Oh my God, he's going to, and then it happened, and I just cheered. Ah, oh, it, mm, it's just so, so good because it's like he's doing all these mind games too, which is why I thought it was so funny. Because I was like, really, the best he could do is just punch the guy. <laughs> that is what he does. But you have to, you have to make sure the guy is lined up so you right, know right, exactly. where in space he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah which that, yeah, it's true. Unless he's talking, you could give a pretty good sense probably of where he is, mm-hmm. but which. You know, he does for some of it, but so it's not a hundred percent like you could, but it is very funny to me. <laughs> well, and you could definitely say Max fighting style is um running into people and flailing around and hoping that you can take them to the ground, which happens <laughs> multiple times. Yeah, he's so surprisingly good at uh, He's really just he's he's here to wrestle people. <laughs> yeah, it is it's funny. You definitely like he does have that feeling of just being like, Okay, well this guy is kind of untouchable. You know, like it's just like uh, sure, a little bit, yeah. Like he's all always one step ahead of the bad guys right which Which, again totally fine with here honestly yeah (laughs) i think it's not gonna find any complaints from me it's a weird it's interesting how there's been a cultural shift not even that long ago like i feel like it was in the last decade that you're just kind of like people are like don't want to watch movies about someone who's just untouched like you have to make them Mm -hmm. seem vulnerable and human sure because we because we're so used to the the anti-hero we're so used to we don't necessarily, um, as humans or as film-going people, necessarily want to watch a movie about someone who just can never have anything happen to them. Right. That's boring. Now, this is an 80-minute movie from 1942. I'm fine with it. Yeah. I'm not necessarily going to hold it to the standard, the standard of, you know, of Christopher now. Nolan movie or something. Yeah, I think it just makes you wonder, because sometimes new trends in film, you're like, eh, okay, this is kind of dumb, and you, like, are weirdly nostalgic for other things but this one I was like I kind of I don't know I think like overall I'm like it does sometimes bother me when someone's untouchable because I just feel less invested like I'm just like well I know you're gonna figure this out so I don't really have to pay attention right um, right there, I, I didn't sorry not to um no no I, I never felt any tension in this movie yeah. necessarily I always thought I knew I knew I always you always know Mac is going to solve the case and people are going to be fine and everything's going to be wrapped up with a bow which it is yeah. I what I found more fun is uh watching Max and Friday Mac and Friday's exploits and cheering for them yeah and just watching that like I didn't necessarily care about how it ended I was just here for the ride yeah (laughs) it's a bit more of like a a dance of it's interesting because it's like wait until dark is a very similar that's a lot of similar yeah vibes to it but but you could cut that movie's tension with a knife it's so much more real that right that movie has a bad guy never once did i think anything of the bad guys in this movie they're just There's so many of them and right. it's so unclear what their motives are. i mean you know their motive right. but, but they're it's just like, they're just means to an end yeah. they're just more people that mac and friday can smash right that's it there's a lot of them i think that that was something for me that i i wanted there to be some sort of moral 
like heart of like the 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 one side morality and one side had it like because I just felt like I never understood why they really need I mean I guess like government secrets you want that I don't understand why he's putting it in his house and it's not like in a base somewhere (laughs) that didn't make any sense to me it's not like the government that like the military is just random people in their homes just chilling like that's not real but like but then the the villains are just kind of you don't they don't have like it's not you don't even understand like they're not like talking to Hitler either they're just very just kind of like (laughs) random people that seem to just be citizens like among them like they don't really seem like they're from anywhere else and I think that maybe that was the point is because maybe the movie is warning you about you know Nazi sympathizers that are living among you in this country and you just never know which is great at a time where we're you know interning like putting like jailing people because they're Japanese basically Um, (laughs) you know kind of like the the implications right. of that but then wouldn't the wouldn't the bad guys have been japanese or asian but it's kind of like the idea that like japanese why people who were japanese americans were like you know basically putting concentration camps right uh, was because it's like oh any japanese person could be a sympathizer of mm-hmm. the government mm-hmm. and so like even though like there were i mean we gave the nazis jobs at like nasa <laughs> Yes, you know, that's, after that's the war. True. So like, yeah. so we were happy to have the Nazis like waiting in the wings in general. Like, I think that was something that the government never fully. <laughs> went because, against. well, yeah, because they had things that our government could use. Right. Well, but that's but that was the thing is like there was a weird double standard, I think, in a lot of ways. Sure. And, and Abs- in the end, absolutely. the Nazis did a lot more like, you know, real harm like and. It, it does kind of feel like the implication of the movie is just like it's not like that just anyone could be the, you know, the enemy. And that does play more into Japanese concentration camps to me than it does like the the not the NASA Nazis, even though because they at least had accents. You at least knew they're from Germany, I believe. <laughs> so what I'm what I'm hearing is you wanted more cartoonish accents. Exactly. Okay. Oh, well, especially German ones. Yeah, it's hilarious. I love a good like I oh, I love a good fit, like Nazi hiding with it, like badly put on American accent that and then just like becoming German all of a sudden in like the most extreme way. Oh, I love it so much. I mean, I do love like anti-Nazi propaganda of stuff course. a lot. So that's this is a bias of mine. I think that there wasn't enough Nazi overt <laughs> Nazi stuff in it. Um. You should uh, you should watch the some of the first season of the old Wonder Woman TV show, oh, the 70, yeah. 77 one. Oh, the first season is all about Nazis. <laughs> yeah. It's great. <laughs> love a good fighting against Nazi mm-hmm. narrative. It's you would love it. It's fantastic. All the bad guys are German. They're all Nazis, and oh, she kicks all it. of their asses. Love it's it great. So much. I do love that stuff so much. It's so funny. Um, but yeah, that's it's yeah. This movie, it's kind of the bad guys are so nebulous of like what their whole deal is. Like, what are they working for anyone? We don't really know. Like, it's not really explicit. I mean, I, I did enjoy the reveal of the playwright being the ringleader of the, the circuits of, of bad guys and the fact that they had been working at this plot for a while. I mean, the, the, the fact that the servants had to be, uh, those particular servants, you know, were 
hired by Barbara so that they could have access to the house. And then Barbara was cast in this play so that she could, so that the playwright could have access to her. I mean, it's, it's stupid. It is crazy. Just how many pieces and moving parts and everything. But it's, it's kind of funny. It's so funny. Well, it's at great. least it's like they're all connected to a family that they're wanting the things, you know, so those things I think in some ways it's like, okay, yeah, I could, I could kind of like mm-hmm. this, even though, yes, it's ridiculous they did all that work, at least it makes more sense because it's like, yeah, you're targeting a certain family. So it makes sense to target the family by trying, you know, in whatever way possible. I just wish we knew what their whole deal was. More. Like, I wish we knew why they were doing it. We don't, we don't really find that. Oh, yeah. Out. No, they have, there's no motivation. They yeah. Do, they're doing it because they're bad guys and they're going they want to steal it and I don't know sell it or some for money or whatever or well no they're going to give it back to Germany but all of that is inferred it's right. none it's, of it's none of it's stated. ever stated like they literally could be anyone they yep. could you know they could probably be Italian yeah it's just very and, unclear yep I don't <laughs> uh, I don't I just I don't know I just don't mind it I just I I didn't mind because the bad guys weren't the weren't the point yeah they're no they're not i i i think mac i mean he's he's a fun character to watch Mm -hmm. and and you yeah you want him to um you you do want to watch him i i that's you, you're right. I'm. I just wanted it to be. I just wanted them to be Nazis more. Hey, overtly. I get that. I get it. <laughs> I, it would have. They would have been more fun. Like I. I love rooting for for a Mac and for for a good you know noir detective or whatever. But I mean the 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 fun thing about noir and like something like Double Indemnity. The fun thing is the villains too. Right. And exactly. It's kind of fun to root for the bad guys every now and again too. Yeah, and you like or to at least hate them a lot. Right. So that right. Because these guys, you're just kind of like what is their whole deal like you don't and right. you never fully understand their plan as well which always i was like what are, what are they doing what is going on like a lot of it was me trying to catch up which i felt you know very like oh, i'm also blind but on like mac i don't even know what's going on i'm watching the movie like i don't even know what the plot is i don't understand um but it is like it's pretty it's i mean it is noir so you do have like a lot of you have a decent you even have a a wait until dark moment of like a black screen oh my god that was so fantastic uh uh hansen thinks that he's trapped mac in the basement and mac puts the lights out and then hansen comes downstairs and is like oh i can't do and then mac gives this great line he's like i can't eyes in the night eyes in the night or something like that but then he says uh my kingdom and then just goes to town on the guy, and I was like, "Oh my god, I, it's it's like, cheese! Give me more, please." <laughs> this is like one of the real tropes we're finding. Like this is, a, but it was done so well. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. It it's was definitely, great. it's great. And then of course, Hanson is trying to shoot him and misses because. A, you're in the Mac, dark. You're in the dark, and Mac has a full set of plot armor, and he knows but, exactly six bullets in this gun based the kind of on gun. The, the sound of it. Yeah, I guess. something like that. Yeah, he knows. He knows exactly what kind of gun it is. He knows he only has six bullets. It's so silly. Oh my god, it's so good. It's oh really my funny. Gosh. And so he's able to to subdue the butler. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He. It is so funny. Some of the stuff. I mean, they're. I think there's always like now that we've watched 
a handful of movies with these kinds of things. Like, I feel like there's almost like a list that you have to like make in your head of like, what can blind people do? <laughs> like, how could we like, what are like other sensory ways? Because like you do a lot of like mysteries and things are there's a lot of like, oh, this blood stain on this little, you know, part oh, of the, yeah, you know, yeah. like very visual these, things. It's all of these little tiny details. Yeah, and I think it can be, it's sometimes very fun, and then other times you're like, okay, it's kind of a stretch. You know, like, Mm -hmm. I think there's always a balance of that, and I think every movie we watch like this is kind of some some combination of like okay fine whatever that's you know smelling the soap or whatever is just like okay. sure i mean yeah <laughs> it's it's movie logic you have to you have to suspend your disbelief yeah you somehow, definitely do it's interesting because it's like yeah i think like no matter what if you are a completely abled person watching like sherlock holmes you're still suspending your disbelief oh yeah that, like he could do all that shit like it's not like, I always wonder how much of it is, like, is this supposed to be things that we look at and are like, oh, I bet, like, this makes me feel like I could do this, even if I know it's not true. Like, are you supposed to feel it that way? Or are you supposed well, to be like, this is someone so, oh, you know, above what I could ever mm-hmm. do? That- honestly, honestly, watching Mac, uh, even though it's all heightened, and yeah. especially, you know, Friday is completely heightened, I kept finding it really entertaining and fun to imagine myself in in his shoes. And if you think about it, all of the techniques he's using, all the things he's doing are something that sighted people could do. Right. There are, yes, there are definitely things that he's better at and that he um, can do and has a bit of a, an advantage on because he's blind. Right. But... Which that stuff's fun, right? That's that's the fun stuff. Yeah. But I mean, it it's really fun to watch someone and be like, yeah, I I that would be really fun to do, either in a play or for real or you know whatever. It would still be really fun to do. I also think this movie would work pretty good on stage since there's only three locations. Oh yeah, definitely. And you could totally nip that in the bud and just have the whole thing set at her house. Yeah, I mean, I think as a fictional character, it could be fun like to play him. Though I do think I. I have to admit, I didn't spend a lot of time, like, thinking, oh, I could do that. Or, like, a lot of the stuff, I was mm-hmm. just like, oh, that's not how I would behave in this sure. situation. Yeah, like, course. it was just, like, there was very little that I really gleamed onto. And it's, I don't know why that is exactly. Like, I think that, I mean, I don't read Braille, so that's one thing. Um, right, But, like, right. I think that, you know, even though my senses might be heightened it's interesting a lot of these movies I'm like I don't think I would be able to do that I think there's just like <laughs> it is scary I mean I think maybe there is just that like constant anxiety of like you're unsafe because you are blind and like you're gonna have a disadvantage mm-hmm. and so I think that like that weird fight or flight thing always I'm always like I don't think I could st- even stay calm in this situation right, let right. alone like figure out a whole mystery you know well, and piece things together that that's another thing that's really cool about Mac is he's incredible calm under pressure and he's just doing his thing yeah uh you have to be to be those right. characters doesn't but. break a sweat you know and or he's putting on his uncle mac persona i mean right that's well, fun i would love to be yeah. i would love to play a gregarious character i think that was the part when he's pretending to be uncle mac and drunk and stuff i'm like <laughs> that's the stuff i would find fun to do but a lot of the stuff that he's able to do i was just like like with the you know like the gunshots or something I'm like that's just sure. terrifying yeah like, that's just scary it's not like i don't feel like oh that would be fun if i could tell what a gun is i also mm-hmm. know that i don't think that's possible <laughs> to like, know exactly yeah. how many bullets a gun can take well, just by the sound of it right and I mean, the cool, I, I think the cool thing about it is him and his 
especially his Uncle Mac persona, is just the way that he is manipulating everybody in this house. Right. When he's Uncle Mac and when he's himself. Yeah. He is totally in control and manipulating the entire situation. Right. And that's so cool. I think that's the fun, that's definitely the fun part of it, is when he's like pretending to be something that he is in in that moment, and that's the part I empathize the most with him. I think it was just maybe that I was watching a movie and couldn't figure out what was going on. Um, like that maybe be like, okay, well... I don't think if I was in that situation, I would even, I wouldn't even be able to keep track of all the characters and who they were. Um, but but I think that like him getting to play very like you know big characters as kind of like a cover, I think that stuff's pretty fun. Or making up lies in the moment, I think it's like the kind of more cognitive stuff that I could I found fun and empathized with. But some of the more just kind of like. Lot, like putting things together I was just like it was hard to for me to follow and I feel like when I'm with a bunch of new people I just get overwhelmed oh definitely definitely <laughs> like, <laughs> no I yes and I I hear that I think it was just easier for me to just excise all of the people from the story I didn't care about and that's good and be hyper focused on what Mac and Norma were I doing bet, I bet it's that that having the comfortableness of the mid-Atlantic <laughs> accent that you could then actually tell any voices apart from each other whereas for me I'm like it all sounds like the same like, I mean male coded female coded yeah voice. yeah either either <laughs> that or all of uh not 2020 but all I'm usually uh playing a detective or killing people you know, four or five times a month with my job. There you go. Yeah, your job is to be uh, either Mac or one of the Nazis, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I love, I love it. I actually, I actually, I'm going to show my director this movie uh, because I would love to model my detective character off of Mac. Yeah. I think that would be dope. No. So just dope as hell. I think that would be amazing. I'm really glad I brought this movie because that is me like... Me too. That makes me enjoy the movie more thinking about you making that a character like that. I, I yeah. think that... Because my, my detective is already like this, you know, um, Bronx doesn't take, doesn't take crap type of person. So... Yeah. Yeah. New York, you know, New York doesn't take any crap from nobody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or maybe that's more New Jersey. I don't know. I can't can't do accents i'm sorry could you do the mid-atlantic accent no and i want to learn um i can well, this movie has a lot of those i know and i i found myself trying to repeat lines nice and things in <laughs> Isn't in that the, how you learn in the how accent to do it? yes yeah, i just yeah, need to watch good. more of them um, yeah like uh, everything donna reed and anne harding say i want to learn how to say it <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> the way they talk just, is so it's perfect. so beautiful it's yeah. so classy and just so extra it's so extra it's very oh my extra God. i was just like wow we do it. not act like this anymore well, movies. no and the, the reason why that whole thing started was when it and it's new england uh because a lot of people who went through the acting schools and went through elocution training and diction training and everything that was the uh how the way they learned to speak right which it was never a real accent it was no. just made up no it's completely made up yeah it is it is a blending of of new england american and uh british yeah, it is so bizarre. And then it's like, well, because that was at a time where movies were not supposed to be real. Right. Which the, is also part of the reason why he's so that's almost goes into the same <laughs> kinds yes, of ways of thinking yes. about it. I mean, like, they're just stage plays that were, you know, directed in a way to make well, them visual. And especially in the 30s, movies were the escape. You People couldn't afford to do anything, but <laughs> everybody had, like, 10 cents, 5 cents in their pocket or whatever to go see a movie. To go see a movie, yeah. And you could leave your very shitty existence for an hour, you know, and go 
see these larger than life people in far off places and crazy plots and everything. So I get it. Yeah. I get it. I like 1939 was the, the, everyone says the best year for movies. Yeah. (laughs) I like it. I enjoy the mid-Atlantic accent. Uh, I enjoy listening to it, especially when uh, women are talking in it. Yeah, there and just the I mean the his the hysterical which is technically a different character, Poor Vera, but like yeah. the way these women are written are is very funny. And like you can tell that they're I mean a lot of the the dialogue between them is like probably as written, but I don't know how much a script was that specific I in forty two. I'm not really yeah. sure. Yeah. But um but it is just it is so great i mean there is like a just definitely even if nothing else but for like the ability to parody it it's so (laughs) great because it's just not even like it is just so i mean it's often parodied but it's so specific and great of like a cultural artifact the way that they talk but it does make it hard um especially for the white all the white men to like just even understand who's who makes it 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 does make it harder Uh, (laughs) I, I enjoy the way they speak. They speak very clearly. Yes. You know? and the, <laughs> See, that's not even... I know that's not right. Those but... clothes, though. <laughs> what is... The, and Barbara's always like, darling or something. She's darling, like, <laughs> darling, dearest. Every, everyone, no matter if you're related or... you know, Mother, dear. Father, dear. Oh, Mac, dear. Mac, darling. You know? <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> it's so great. Oh, uh, yeah. The, um, the only thing uh, that I didn't really really didn't like or kind of I thought was kind of gross was uh the ending when we find out that apparently Barbara is gonna go out with Mac or whatever and people are just everyone is just totally okay with this and I'm like yeah. Barbara oh my god first She's of all a you, child. you're a child you are 17 you and Mac be is like 17 year old in his 40s yeah and I'm just kind of like okay there's a major disconnect here now granted Paul was older as well the guy right. that she was seeing but Yikes, yikes, yeah, yikes. And Mac is just like, okay, we're going to go out of the town now. And I'm like, you, all of this bu- goodwill you've built up, you've just destroyed it. Yeah, Norma's <laughs> probably. And Norma's okay. Norma's okay related. with it. Yeah. Right. It is so, it is very weird that it's just a thing I don't. It's, it's, you, it's hard gross. to understand. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah. I'm, I, just, I don't like it. And it's gross. But, you know, I'm still, this honestly is still going to go in my box of like self care movies. <laughs> Nice. Even though it's about murder and you know, and people I mean, and people very die. Barely. Very it's, barely. Is it yeah. Really, yeah, yeah. There's a it's, couple characters die and the Vera thing is kind of just like, come on. Right. This is no no no. This is not a perfect movie by yeah. any means. But it is perfect for me. It is something yeah. I would definitely like throw on in the background or uh make a cup of tea and like cozy up with. It is it is a very cozy mystery. Yeah. It is and it, I, I like those. It does not and once I mean, even though it is kind of a complicated web of characters, it's still, it's not, you don't need to focus that hard on it, too, I don't think. I think it's kind of like you, it is engaging Mm -hmm. while you're watching it, but I think you could even, like, probably, especially if you've already seen it, do other things while you're watching it, (laughs) Um, (laughs) kind of just, like, as a a background, Um, like story i guess Mm -hmm. just check in with mac yeah well and i mean and i bought i honestly bought edward arnold as a blind guy yeah his performance is not it's not bad no i mean it's not you know it it would be better if he's actually blind of course but it's also not overly exaggerated i think there's only there's only one 
dumb moment of face touching and it's in the beginning it's of the, the film. It's the very beginning, and yeah, it, yeah. It goes by so fast you forget it's even there. Uh, but he uses a cane. He uses a guide dog. I think um, having those helps his performance because yeah. you're like, he's a guide dog. So, De- you know, yes. I think that's kind of definitely. like, I think that definitely does help. Well, him. and if you noticed his eye, as in particular, his eye lines, uh, the, he has yeah. whole conversations of people and he's facing the other direction. I think that is so cool. Yeah, it is not. It's definitely not bad. He is. Yeah, I think. You mostly buy him. It's kind of funny because, like, the character... There's a handful of times, which I guess it was, like, a wide shot, so it might have been that he was, like, looking off. But there was a couple times where someone was like, oh, you're blind, aren't you? And I'm like, how do they know that? Like, I couldn't tell that he was blind right now. But, right, right. But, it's, but it could be that I'm not seeing what's exactly what's going on. But it is kind of funny the way that they like interact with him as a blind character like i think like there's a multiple times where people are like oh but you're blind oh you're blind <laughs> yes. like like they're, they're realizing it in a moment when he right. doesn't have friday or anything he's just like sitting and you're like okay right but <laughs> yeah but it's it's never you know he's he's definitely a character who's not here to like wallow in his blindness or be sad or be upset definitely because not. he's blind he's he's uh he's a, a a gumshoe he's a detective he's here to do what he does and and solve a case yeah it is kind of interesting how i mean i think like wonder he's is much more comfortable in his blindness than even some character like a lot of characters we see more recently i wonder if like wonder if in the 40s just the fact that if you're blind you're blind like and there isn't this bullshit about like oh maybe you could get your vision back like and all that like i wonder if that is part of the reason why these characters seem much more comfortable because there's not like that weird eugenics <laughs> vibe of like at any time you know maybe there'll be a cure for blindness or whatever true but if we're if we're also talking about movies in this time period as pure escapism then you have a character that's comfortable right in their blindness well you just i mean you could just not have a blind character at all i guess if yeah yeah but i mean they they took the time to actually write a blind character a, yeah a blind detective yeah i mean i think Oh, it's sad to think that that's because it's escapism. Why wouldn't you want I that know. now? Well, I'm right. But I mean, maybe, you know, th- this whole story was written. Oh, we're going to write a noir story. But oh, wouldn't it be cool if blind guy? Wouldn't it be great if, if the hard boiled detective is blind? Yeah, which would be he'd cool. Be, he'd be at such a disadvantage. <laughs> but he's not. But he's not. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's interesting. Yeah, that he is very like it's part of his character. It is almost very comfortable in it that the movie doesn't even like yeah people are kind of he uses it as part of his whole thing but the movie also isn't like totally being like patting itself on the back of like look how cool this story is right. you know like it is right. actually kind of subtle in a way that i think which is refreshing like, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, uh, no i'm down it just have a blind character be blind it's right fine it's totally fine it's interesting i mean like yeah i think that you wouldn't necessarily have a movie like this now without it trying to be something more like oh this is saying something about blindness or you know like it would be a little bit more ham-fisted yeah the plot the plot of the film doesn't revolve around the fact that mac is blind it's not about him trying to get back into like being a detective and and relearn everything right right this is a story about about a, a, a spy plot and the person who cracks the case just happens to be blind Right, it's but it's more like identity specific. Yeah, which is weird. Why don't we still do that? Like that's the weird thing to me is like that seems more natural and like also more 
current in a way of like yes it's disabilities are identities they're part of who you are and they're part of who a character is which is why you shouldn't get abled actors to play them um because it is who you are just Mm -hmm. like how you want to cast people of color to play characters yes (laughs) obviously i mean Um, yeah i mean who knows maybe maybe blind people in noir movies was a thing or there was a lot of blind people in 1940s movies i don't think there was there's not because there's not that many movies that we could watch from Mm -hmm. 1940s so i think Mm -hmm. it's pretty uncommon there's actually a lot of the Hayes code movies like during that time period there's not there's actually very few blind characters which i'm also like huh wonder why that is interesting um but yeah it is well and people liked this character enough to make a sequel to make another movie starring him yeah, it is. It was. It did well for forty two. It's like it paid three hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> like, oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah. Oh lord! That's how much Iron Man's suit costs. Exactly. I, I don't like, know. I don't know. No, don't but know like true, but also yeah. for real. Yes. Yeah. Um, you're correct. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. No, it's very funny. But yeah, I mean, it did. Yeah, it got a sequel. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it is just kind of. It, it also seems so forgotten to time as well. Like, it seems just so, okay, <laughs> you know? I think that era of movies is somewhat forgotten. Like, you just don't... Well, yes and no. I mean, yes, people don't talk about them in the mainstream, but yeah. I think you have people who uh, are all about those movies. I mean, you can still take noir classes in college noir, or yeah. film school or, you Though know... A lot of those were, like... I feel like a lot of the classics are pre-code. Yeah. Well, and I can't, you know, I've been know. I've been throwing around the term noir this entire podcast and to be honest, I, this movie is like baby's first noir. I mean, it's yeah. it, it the style itself isn't really there in this particular movie. They classify this as a thriller. I'm this is not a thriller. It's yeah, it's, it's kind of a weird comedy, but it's definitely not a thriller. <laughs> Uh, not even a drama. I don't know. It's, it's this weird. It almost has thing. the same. Like Mr. Magoo is almost like an extremely different. You know, a different movie in a lot of ways, but almost the vibe of just kind of genre vibe is almost similar. Like you know, it's it's still like even though you know he's a, such a better character than Mr. Magoo, he's it still kind of feels like overall it's this. You know, it's like yeah, there are people are doing crimes, but it's like sure. not really a crime drama in the same way. Right? They're not their crimes aren't out. They're these people aren't out to hurt anybody. You know, in Mr. Magoo, it's a jewel. It's it's a jewel thief. Right. Is right. The, the whole impetus for this, and in this movie, it's a formula right which is for a weapon like so sure it's technically high stakes but the movie doesn't really want you to think it's that high stakes or like it's not they're not playing up the like oh these people are villainous or you know really trying to be especially i mean they are kind of in some you know there are some scenes where you're like oh my god like but Mm. but a lot of it is just kind of they're a little bit just kind of plotting than more than they are um you know vindictive and evil in the same way um but yeah it's just kind of a you know it's it's a little bit of it's just it's rolling along it doesn't it really is not trying to like make you feel like oh crime or drama or like you know you're just it's you're kind of just it's a little bit of a it's fun yeah yeah it's It's fun to sit and watch and have popcorn it's a popcorn movie it's fun you have to eat popcorn there you go. Yeah. yeah. Get your and, senses, your right. non-visual senses. <laughs> right. And this movie is for free. It's living on the Internet Archive. Anyone can watch it. 
Yeah, so I mean, it's definitely if this sounds interesting to you, go watch it. Like, oh yeah, totally. If you if you like movies from the '40s or you like noir or uh, detective movies, absolutely check. Or you the, just want to hear like out. two mid Atlantic um, accented women, yes, you know, saying "Oh dear, dear," <laughs> or like "Darling, darling," everything Barbara <laughs> to her stepmom, which is what it was so funny. Or "Sweet," I think sweet. is what she says. It's yes. sweet. Yes, she calls her sweet, but... and she says "sweet" like ten times in one scene. It's so funny. <laughs> she just like it's like instead of a period, she says "sweet." <laughs> it's very funny. Yeah, uh, really fun. Super, yeah, super super fun. I'm I'm. So glad you picked it. I feel much better having watched it. Yay. <laughs> um, do we have other things to talk about before we get to our blindest kitty? I think I'm ready. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Well, you want to go first? Sure. Why not? Um, so I'm, uh, yeah, I'm giving this film a uh, 2400. Nice. I, I want to go higher, but um, I think you know it, it it's holding the one thing that's holding it back is all of these actors are cited so yeah but i had so much fun this movie is delightful i was delighted uh after watching it is not a perfect film by any means there's still some objectionable content vera <laughs> mostly the way vera is treated i i had yeah. a pro- i had a, have a real problem with but there's also uh, a kind of racist butler character. There, there is kind of a racist butler character. But he's in barely the film. in the movie. He's so. in the the first scene and the last scene. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and he he and Friday have exploits together. But I just it's so different. I it's so cool and uh and not at all what I would think about when I would think when I'm thinking about 1940s detective movies. Yeah. So uh for that yeah, I'm uh, I'm at a 2400, and this is definitely going into my pile of uh, fun Melissa movies. Nice. So, yeah. Yeah, it is a great. I I thinking about you doing a, him as a character. <laughs> I makes know. Me very happy. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. It's I would I would I would enjoy watching that movie even more than this movie. Aw, thank you. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> um, I'm gonna give it a 2150. <laughs> Um, maybe it is just weird personal things and that I wanted them to be more real Nazis. Um, but I, I think like, I think it's a fun movie and I don't have a lot of, I don't think there's a lot of things to be like, about. I think it's, you know, they use his blindness in a really fun way and that, you know, he is not like, well, I mean, he's a man, so I don't, he doesn't really get damn, blind men don't get damseled exactly, but he, you know, he's not subjugated or like, like treated like when people treat him differently which they do in some places he always kind of gets the upper hand which is just kind of a fun thing to watch um and he he's like inventive i think it was just like there just was not i never fully grasped onto it i think i think it was just kind of it passed me by it was not like i wasn't like i want my hour and a half back it's an hour and a half to begin with um but also it was like you know it's engaging enough but i i think i just never fully got a good window into any of the characters and so i never which you know i don't think necessarily this kind of movie need like really has to do or or sets out to do so i think that was part of it is i just i was like i want to empathize with the character or feel like emotionally invested in a way whereas i think it's just kind of fun watching him do stuff but it's not you're not really meant to empathize with anyone that much Mm -hmm. um so i think probably my 2150 is from 
you know, more personal bias than anything. But um, but yeah, it's not a bad movie. It's not it's not toxic representation of blind people. It's totally, you know, I think it's. I wish we had more movies now that were just kind of a character, a main character that's blind, and that like even though it's a very important part of the plot, it's not, you know a spectacle or it's not like some trying to say some ableist bullshit about you know and thinking it's edgy or whatever um (laughs) so yeah so it's definitely for 20 for 20 for 1942 um it's it's a fun it's a fun thing to remember and and completely lost to history so it's fun that we get to kind of unearth it and, and give people the chance to check it out um so yeah that's my rating. Eyes, eyes in the night. Brilliant. The name of it is so. It's it's just. It was really hard for me to remember. I st- like. Hey, yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> well, you know, the, it's funny because the trailer for this movie. Uh, the first thing you see is like a close up of Max's eyes, and. I'm so glad I didn't watch the trailer before I watched this movie because I would have gone in on a really sour note because I'm just like, oh wow, great, close up of eyes. That's so inventive. <laughs> and it's not in the uh, movie. No, not in the movie at all so weird yeah mm-hmm. yeah so it is it is pretty i mean i guess he has he technically still has eyes probably and then he is in the night he does stuff in the <laughs> night so yeah. i guess that's mm-hmm. how you could remember it but um i suppose yeah and he does say it apparently in the movie which i forgot he says it so yeah there you go eyes in the night we did it <laughs> perfect um what uh are we blindsided by this week right do you want to go first Yes, absolutely. Uh, Okay, mine is kind of lame, but not lame to me. (laughs) Uh, I was completely blindsided by um, the lovely food cart pod, food cart park that is next to Eastport Plaza on 82nd Avenue. So yeah, I've been going to Eastport Plaza and going to the movie theater when that was a thing. The post office is also there. It's an easy post office to get to. And yesterday was Cinco de Mayo, and I was kind of in search of tacos, so I was like, I'm going past there on my way home, I'll just run into Taco Bell. Well, uh, that's impossible because of COVID. (laughs) So I was really, I was just tired and hungry, and then I noticed finally across the street as I was walking to the bus stop, oh wow, there are food carts over there, and it smells like they're open. So I just kind of wandered, yeah, so I just kind of wandered across the street and wandered into this parking lot basically or park that is set up as a food cart area and there were wonderful food carts there there's all kinds of international food and some americana and ice cream and dessert and all kinds of stuff so i had a wonderful time uh i got me some chicken curry some naan had an elephant ear oh god i want to check this out wonderful yeah we we have to go over there because it's so good uh and the the folks who run the carts are really nice nice so yeah i feel like COVID has really helped us to remember how important food cart ponds are because i think we all know they're important but then the the, there's a lot of developers oh i know so yeah no i now that i now that i know that that is there i refuse because there's a lot of like fast food restaurants at in eastport plaza I refuse to go over there now. Now that I know that uh, across the street there's better and like actual cooked food waiting yes. for me, no, yeah. I love the food cart pod so much. Yes. Yeah. So that's, yeah, food cart pod on 82nd next to Eastport Plaza is what I'm blindsided by. Nice. No, I don't want to go track that down. Always love a good new um, food cart pod. 
Um, my, uh, what I'm blindsided by this week is a book. It is, um, Band Feminist by Roxane Gay. Yes. It's, I've been living it. I'm reading it on Libby. <laughs> I don't think that's a verb, but, um. <laughs> Stop trying to make fetch happen. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I rented it on Libby, the audiobook, and so I've been listening to it. Sadly, I always get sad when it's not written, like, read by an mm. author, the author. Mm -hmm. so that's a little sad but it's the the narrator does a good job still um but it's just a series of essays by um Roxane Gay who's a feminist um like well both I guess is scholar the right I don't it seems so stuffy for (laughs) but um a feminist writer and um cultural critic and stuff and it's just a lot of um, the, I think the book came out in 2014, so, but it's a lot of, like, different cultural, um, like, uh, media, talking about media from, uh, you know, feminist critique lens, and it's just a lot of also her um, specific thoughts about um, privilege and stuff and things that I think are not always exactly the I mean it's called bed feminists so they are kind of not always the most mainstream feminist ideas but um stuff that I really relate to and like um but it's it is just a series of essays it is 12 hours um so it's a lot of content uh to read but I'm really enjoying it right now so I definitely recommend um having a listen or if you have eyes you can always use those to read it as well (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, but yeah so that's Bad Feminist by Roxanne Gay nice I would suggest after you're done with Roxanne uh, or with this book because I know she's written a few more check out Samantha Irby okay her books are super fun and she's really funny Uh, she's uh, her and Lindy West are kind of sort of I'm not going to say similar because they have two different writing styles but in the same camp okay uh, but yeah, her her books are great. Nice, awesome. That's I will have to check it out. I mean, I'm always looking for more Libby. Thanks to Rental Libby. <laughs> nice. Um, though I have a long list of holds, and it keeps being like your holds ready. I'm like, I only have three weeks to read each book. I so. know. I I go through the same thing constantly. <laughs> it is a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Libby problems. But it is. It's still such a great app. I still love. Oh Libby. yeah. No. Wouldn't wouldn't change it for the world. But yes. yeah. 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 Um. Yeah, so what, Melissa, what are we doing next week? Right, well, in keeping with the theme, kind of, uh, next week we're watching 23 Paces to Bleecker Street. It is f- available for free on YouTube, Yeah, uh, for now at least, but yeah, it should still be hanging out there. Uh, and basically, it is a, a thriller about a, a blind writer living in London who overhears a kidnapping plot, and when the police don't believe him, decides to solve the case himself. Nice. Got it. We're solving all the cases. I'm excited. Um, yeah, we'll solve this, the case of representation. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Th- uh, this looks like it'll, it'll be a lot of uh, fun or at least interesting. I'm excited and I love anything that I can just click on a YouTube link and watch. Amen. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, that's it. That's the podcast. I'm we excited. Did it. Come Woo. back next week. Um, our theme song is by Lucia Fasano. Our YouTube is Citizen White Cane Podcast. Our Twitter is White Cane Pod. Um, our Instagram and our Facebook are both Citizen White Cane. You can send us an email to citizenwhitecanepod at gmail.com if you'd like to leave us a voice message there's a link in the show notes I've what mysteries have you solved what murder mysteries have you solved as a blind person <laughs> uh, could you answer every single geography question on wh- where in the world is Car- Carmen San Diego correctly <laughs> and um, <laughs> uh, what is your uh, best mid-Atlantic accent 
Yeah, um, that's very important. Yeah, and that you have to send a voice message just by definition. Uh, so any of those, there's a link in the show notes. Um, subscribe to the podcast mm-hmm. and give us a rating and a review. Um, keep coming back uh, <laughs> to the podcast. Um, and, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Citizen.